welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about the KiwiSaver crash. So, for some people, KiwiSavers are down at the moment for some first-home buyers. And this is raising a couple of questions. And in fact, we've had some people message into the show asking about this. You know, if you're thinking about purchasing your first home and you've seen your KiwiSaver take a bit of a tumble that might make you feel a bit nervous. So what do you do in these situations? What are your options? Now, let's first talk about how much some KiwiSavers have decreased. Now, Now, I think for Vanessa, before we get started, let's just quickly point out that this isn't financial advice on this podcast. Just in case you're a new listener, this is general advice and you should talk to a financial advisor before making any changes to your KiwiSaver. 100%. I wasn't going to suggest that anybody changes their funds. I never know what you're going to say on this show, so I just like to disclaimer things. And put any complaints straight to no replies at opuspartners.co.nz. <laughs> well, I do stress that some KiwiSavers have gone down because it's not everyone, because not every KiwiSaver follows 100% of the market. You'll be invested in different things. And because of that, one person's KiwiSaver might have dropped quite substantially. Some people's might have not as much. But what is interesting, Andrew, is that the NZX50 is down about just over 8.5% when I checked mid-March compared to last October's high. And the Dow Jones, which is an index of 30 US stocks, look, at its worst point early in the month was about 11.3% down. Now, I tell you something, one first-home buyer who we're dealing with through Opus First Home at the moment has said that her KiwiSaver has gone from about 35 to 40K down to 15 to 20K. Now, must be on a high risk fund. And also invested in stocks or shares that are particularly volatile right now. Because, I mean, to be honest, I'm in a growth fund and I'm investing for like 40 years <laughs> because I'm about two days over 25. That's a joke, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I was thinking this is about 35 yep. years. And. Yep. I don't even bother looking yeah, at what no my KiwiSaver is doing. Why do I looking. care? I can't yeah. touch it. But for first home buyers, that's where it becomes a bit of an issue. Now, that is just the figures that were provided to me in advance of the show. But for some people, their KiwiSavers may have taken a bit of a tumble recently. Now, who should really worry about their KiwiSaver decreasing? And who's this not as much an issue for? Everyone, check it every day on your app. No, just kidding. Look, really, it only matters if you're going to buy a house in the near future or you're going to retire soon. If you already own a house, it probably doesn't matter. And the average age of a KiwiSaver member is 45. So on average, the KiwiSaver member has 20 years before they're even going to have access to it. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't check that you're in the right type of product for you. I'm just saying oh, 100%. that if you're in a volatile product because you know you do have a long time to retirement, then you probably expect these kind of large drops and large gains. And you don't want to all of a sudden panic and just change your product without actually seeking advice on that. Now, the reason retirees or first-home buyers might care more than the people that are in it for the long term is because they're going to access their money sooner. And so a big drop like this is going to have real impact on them. And I think the big question is, you know, what should people do to choose the right fund for you? Now, look, here's the typical financial thinking. If you're a long-term investor, if you're investing for 10 years plus, you're not going to access it until you hit 65 and you're currently 45 or you've already purchased your first home. 
typically that's where you might decide to go in a more aggressive or growth fund. The reason being that as long as your risk profile, as long as you're like, hey, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs, all good, I'm going to weather the storm and invest for the long term, generally speaking, you'll tend to do better. But if you need access to your funds shortly, and I'm talking about less than two years, then something like a conservative fund or a moderate fund, something that's lower risk, but it's also going to get lower returns, you know, that might be the way to go. And that's really about preserving the wealth you've already got within that fund, preserving the value that you've got. Because the risk of going into a really aggressive fund when you're about to buy a house in a year or two is exactly what has happened to this supposed first home buyer here where the values dropped from 35 <laughs> to 40. Supposed first home buyer, do you think they've tricked you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, this is the, this is the figures I took, I got from yeah. Sammy. But oh, she tends so we to, can't rely well, she, on over-exaggeration, Sammy. Well, there's no such thing as over-exaggeration, just exaggeration, Andrew. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, you win this round. <laughs> so, you know, Sammy does tend to exaggerate. So Over-exaggerate, somewhat so. And those people would be wrong. <laughs> but that is the risk that the value goes down. And the other thing that I want to tell you about is if you are deciding – if you are making the decision that you're going to pull out your money from your KiwiSaver over the short term, what you've got to remember is you're not going to get much compound growth. So you might say, well, I want to invest in a growth fund because let's say it increases in value by 9% per year. Well, over the long term, that's going to really start to compound and it will. But if you're investing for the short term, you don't have much opportunity for compound growth. So you're taking on potentially quite a bit of risk and not necessarily getting a lot of benefit generally speaking. So that's why you might decide to go for a more stable fund. We're not going to get massive returns, but actually you're going to preserve the value of your savings. Now, other than fund selection, which has already gone for this particular purchaser, what else can somebody do when thinking about drawing out their KiwiSaver to purchase a first home? Well, it isn't gone. They can absolutely change it now to a conservative fund. Now, I'm not a financial advisor when it comes to KiwiSaver funds, but I probably, as a general rule, wouldn't change it if you had some time to recover. Because as soon as you change, you crystallize those losses. Now, what you need to do is decide when you're going to withdraw your KiwiSaver funds. In this case, this first home buyer we're working with, they're actually going to build their first home. So, they don't need to withdraw their KiwiSaver out because that will crystallise their losses as will changing their product to a more conservative fund. So instead, they just need to pay the deposit to the developers to hold that property. So they're going to use the bank of mum and dad for that. That's part of their deposit towards the purchase. So they're going to use mum and dad's money for that. And then they're going to take the KiwiSaver funds out at settlement, which could be 12 or 18 months down the track. And they are betting on the market recovering. So there is the possibility. There's a real possibility that could go down further. Now, if they're going to lose sleep and they're going to get to a position where they're not going to have enough money at settlement and mum and dad can't help them out anymore, then that's probably when they might need to reconsider that idea. But if they're comfortable and they've spoken to their fund manager about the prospect of a recovery, which yes, they can't guarantee, but they can probably give some historic figures to give you some comfort around this, they probably can say, okay, well, we'll use the money from mum and dad. I'll wait for recovery in 18 months' time when the market's stabilised and it's come back up, then I'm sweet. Because right now, we're faced with some pretty turbulent times in the world. So those are the pros and cons. The pro is the market could recover. 
But the market could also go down further. That's the con of it. And that's really, again, this is the risk you play. If you are in an aggressive fund or a growth fund, when you're wanting to pull your money out in the short term. And in fact, in tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about a first-time buyer who actually has used short-term investments to their benefit. But that's not always going to be the case. And in fact, you're more likely to hear about the good news stories where investments have increased in the short term because hey, then you feel like a financial genius and you want to tell everybody about how smart you are rather than situations like this where you probably would be potentially a bit embarrassed to say, oh, actually, my my fund decreased by half the value, lost half the value when I'm trying to buy my first time. You might not want to post that all over social media, which (laughs) would totally make sense. So these are the pros and cons that you really need to consider. And I think coming back to the fundamentals of good financial planning, let's call it textbook financial planning. If you need the money in a short amount of time, typically you want to preserve the value. You're not as worried about getting massive compounding returns. Why is that? Because you don't have very long to achieve those compound returns. So going down the more conservative end of the scale tends to be what most people tend to do. And I think that in that case, you know, it's something you want to consider. Let me ask you this, Andrew. Let's say that there's a couple of first-time buyers listening to this and their KiwiSaver had taken a bit of a tumble. Should they be waiting to get into property until that KiwiSaver recovers. What do you think? Look, I think that in my experience, you just buy property when you're able to buy property. I mean, it's got to be the right property if it's your own house, but you just got to do it and there will always be market factors working for and against you. I tell this to investors all day, every day, because heaps of things have to come together to actually successfully buy property. You got to find the property, first of all, then you got to come up with the deposit. You got to get the income to get a mortgage approved. The bank's got to be willing to lend you money. There's heaps of stuff. So, don't wait to buy property, buy property and wait, which I'm sure anyone that's listened to all 926 episodes of the Property Academy podcast would have heard that a few times. And I think the key thing is if you are in the position where you've got the property you want and even with your KiwiSaver taking a tumble, you've got the deposit and you've got the income to get the mortgage approved and the bank's willing to give you money, then generally I would encourage people to go for it. And I'll tell you why. Because there's no guarantee that in six months' time that the banks are going to be willing to lend you money anymore. You don't know what's going to happen That's to right. triple CFA. You don't know what's going to happen with the debt-to-income ratio. Yeah, the war in Ukraine. If that was to have an impact yeah, on the all, bank's ability all to of these, All of these things that might happen in the future that you don't expect. So if you've got all of these things lined up, then hey, I always say one in the hand is worth two in the bush. And look, this also goes for people who are waiting for property prices to drop as well. I know first home buyers have been waiting about 10 years for property prices to drop. Look, here's a useful thought experiment. Ask yourself this. How much would your KiwiSafer need to recover before you decide to buy? That's thought one. Thought two, how much would property prices have to drop before you buy? Now, it's always easy to say, oh, you know, once they drop the 10% that the Reserve Bank is saying that they're going to drop, people think, oh, then I'll be brave enough to buy. I guarantee you, if you saw a 10% drop, newspapers would be talking about a 40% drop and you'd be too scared to buy. I guarantee you, because I've seen it time and time again. The answer is that most people don't know. They don't know how they're going to react in that situation and what the number's going to be. So if you're waiting for something, but you don't know exactly what you're waiting for, then how do you know when you're going to be able to spot that opportunity or if you're going to have the guts to do it? I always think as well, if you're waiting for your house price to go down 20% before you buy, well, what happens if that happens? God, you'd be freaking out oh, that yeah, it's going like, to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use that for KiwiSaver as well. Let's say you're waiting for it to recover and it does. Happy days. Maybe you're thinking, oh, maybe I just need to 
hang on to this a wee bit longer. And I just think that thought experiment, what it usually shows is that people don't really have a clear idea about when they're going to do it. So I always say, if you've got the ability to, like if I could buy five houses today, I would buy five houses today because I always think the thing that's going to stop you from buying is going to be your ability to get bank lending. Uh, if the bank's given you a yes today, or at least this is what I would do, you know, if the bank's telling me, Ed, you can go and buy five more properties, boy, would I be out there signing some contracts? Uh, that, the only thing that's ever stopped me is the bank. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. really does help us get the message out for more people. Now, one thing I want to tell you about, because I'm really excited, is our upcoming webinar. This is where we're going to talk about how to avoid the eight things that go wrong in property investment, how to avoid them, and to put a game plan in place for if they happen, how to protect yourself. And I genuinely want to see you there. So here's what I want you to do. Tap or swipe over the cover art. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Tap on that and then sign up for the webinar. It's going to be a great time. Or go into your Google and Google opuspartners.co.nz. You'll be able to sign up on the website. We're going to have a fabulous time. It's going to be Tuesday the 5th of April at 7 p.m. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.